Phil's going to come and speak to us. We've given him a short period of time just to put the pressure on. <laughs> Lord, we, we pray for Phil, Lord, as, uh, as he stands and uh, he prepares his heart to speak to us. Lord, we thank you that you have put on his heart what he wants to share today. We thank you this isn't something that Phil's invented and dreamed up. It's not a, a bit of poetry or prose, but actually, Lord, this is your heart. And we want to hear your heart because we want to be your church in this place doing what you want us to do. So we pray, Lord, that as Phil speaks, that we would see more clearly your heart for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Right, well, we'll see how we go. Get through this as quick as I can. (laughs) I just do want to say that um, I think Catalyst was quite defining for us as a church. I think we're part of a movement that God is changing. We're part of something that God's doing. And some of those talks, I do encourage you to listen to them because they are movement-changing talks. Really, God is shifting the church. Not just us, but as we, what we are as a movement. God is doing a shift on that. And I was really encouraged that there are two things for me that came out of Catalyst that really affirmed that. One was that there's an increased desire and kind of sense of call from God to pray more. And that we heard that many times during the weekend, that there's this call to pray more. And God spoke to me last year about, you know, what was prayer going to look like in this church in 2016? And we've made some changes to how we pray, what we do. And I really want to encourage you, we meet on a, once a month on a Thursday night to have a church prayer meeting. Probably about a third of the church comes out. I really want to encourage you more to get there. It's a time to encounter God. It's a time to catch the heart of God. It's a time to pray that back to God, with God, and see him fulfill it. Because God's on the move. God's clearly on the move. Not just, it's great to hear stories from Ireland and what God's doing. There is a move of God there. I do believe there's a a move of God for here. We've just got to break into it. We've got to tap into it, what God's doing. And God's already started doing that with us. And, And that was one aspect. And the other thing that really came clear was and I said this right at the beginning of the year, it's a new day for us, and I feel like God is changing the culture of this church to change the culture of the peaks. He's starting with us. He's changing the culture of this church. And we are going to affect, and we will do, and we already are, but even through this building and other things, there's an opportunity to affect the culture around us. But God's changing us first. And that's why we've preached what we've preached this year so far. That's why we've looked at some of that stuff And the Holy Spirit's broke in on us because he's changing us, making us ready to change the culture out there, changing the culture here. So, in light of that, would you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3? We've just stirred by this this week. And we're a church that's founded on apostolic and prophetic foundation. And it's a good foundation to lay on. That's what they did in the New Testament. It says, Paul said, we laid a good foundation, prophetic, apostolic foundations. And God keeps adding to our prophetic foundation. He's strengthening it again and again. So God speaks even, you know, John, you should have kind of prophesied in one sense. I know that you struggle with that. But there's a sense in which God's adding to our strength when we prophesy. His prophetic foundations are being built on and strengthened. So here's Paul talking about a visit to the Corinthian church. I haven't got time to read it all because I've got now short time. Um, 
but he's kind of been there, but he, he's kind of talking, I'm not, we're not coming just on our, kind of our own merit. We're not coming out of something good. We're not even commending ourselves to, to this Corinthian church, saying, look how good we are. Look how good we can do for you. Look how we can build you up and strengthen you. No, he's not coming from that place. He's coming from a place of, actually, this is by God. We're here by God. We're, our actual writings, the, the things they were saying about the Corinthian church, it's not that we've written this, it's actually God's written it. God's written this story. And God's writing our story as a church. So we come to verse 4. And Paul says, Such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God, not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. I just want to pick out some things go through. Our sufficiency has to be him. Can't be us. It's a great privilege to partner with God in ministry. It's a great privilege to partner with God in leading someone to Jesus. It's a great privilege to partner in setting somebody free. It's a great privilege to pray for someone and they get healed. And thankfully I had a good opportunity of that at Catholic, just praying with different people. I was leading our ministry team. I ended up getting involved more perhaps this year than I have in past years. But it was just great to see God breaking into lives. But we can't rely on our own sufficiency. It's not about how great our gift is. It's not about how strong our anointing is. It's not about kind of, this is who we are, this is what we do. Actually, Paul's saying, no, my sufficiency, everything I am, everything I've got to offer you, comes from him and not of myself. And I want to encourage us that as we move forward as a church, and as we pray more, and as we look to what, what is God doing, how are we going to partner with God, how are we going to get hand in hand with him, and press forward as a church is, actually, it's that we say, well, our sufficiency is him. It's not us. We're not looking to ourselves. We call on God. We call on God together as elders. We call on God. We call on God together as a church. We're looking to him, saying, well, God, how are you leading us? How are you going to fulfill what you've got for us? We haven't got it. We haven't got resources. We don't have how to do this, but you do. Our sufficiency, Paul said, is not from ourselves. It is from God, who made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. Do you feel sufficient to be a minister of the new covenant? What that means is to do the works of Jesus to do the works that he did, to operate in the way that he did, to have insights of the Spirit into situations, circumstances, people's lives, in a way that he did. He could speak a word in season, the rhema word, the right word. This was it, because he just knew about a person's situation. He could speak right into that. He could minister healing. He could minister freedom. He could lead, call people to follow him. We too can do all those things, to be ministers of the new covenant, not of ourselves, but through, through him. It says, not of the letter, not of recommendation, not by the law, not written by things, but by the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. It's stepping in step with the Holy Spirit. It's stepping in time with what he's doing, what he's saying when he's doing it. And not being out of that. And just being aware of the Holy Spirit. Some of the stories Justin was just sharing about, you know, people being in step in their ordinary lives. In the ordinary things of life. 
not some super spiritual thing. It's not that we've put on this great campaign, this great crusade, we're going to take Matlock for Jesus with some great tent healing meeting going off. It's not about it. it's in our everyday life. We're in step with Jesus. Being given the sufficiency of Jesus to be in step with him to do the works of Jesus right where we are with the people right around us, whether it's our neighbour, whether it's a work colleague, whether it's at school gates, wherever it might be, just in step with him. Paul goes on. Now, if the ministry of death carved in letters of stone, so he's referring back to Moses and the law, came with such glory, which it did at the time, that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was being brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? (laughs) What a statement. Will it not have more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. What we have to offer to the lost people out there in the world is of greater glory than that that came in the days of Moses. Greater glory, greater expectation, greater significance, and it will last. This glory does not fade away. This glory is not momentary, like the law was momentary till Jesus came, and then the Spirit of God came, and it changed everything. And the law was done away with in one sense, and the Holy Spirit came, and we are righteous by the Holy Spirit. It's all the law came to do was show us our need of a saviour. It brought condemnation. It showed us we weren't good enough. But when the Spirit of God came, made us righteous, and changed us, that glory is to be reflected through us to others. And even such so, as I preached a few weeks ago, even in the shadow of Peter, people were touched. Why? Because of the glory of the new covenant was upon him. I want to live in that place. I want us as a church to live in that place of the glory of the new covenant being on us. Indeed, this is the case. What once had glory has come to have no glory at all because of the glory that now surpasses it. For if that was being brought to, the, to an end with glory, much more will that what is permanent have glory. How much more glorious is the new covenant over the law. We're saved by grace. And it goes on in verse 12. Since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Our boldness is based on a hope that comes from sufficiency from God. And some of the stories I've heard, I just felt God say, I'm raising up a bold church, a bold people. See, we live in a world where it says you can't express your Christian faith. We're living in a world where to wear a symbol or an emblem that symbolises Christianity, symbolises your faith, you could lose your job, you could be disciplined for it. We live in a world where if you refuse to do something because of your beliefs, you could be prosecuted, taken to court over it. It was true in the early church. They were persecuted. They were physically persecuted. We're not there yet. We may well be one day. Currently we're not. But they had a boldness. And Paul could say, if he had any prayer of the saints, he would say, pray that I might speak boldly. 
because he knew that the boldness that came from God, the boldness that was of the Spirit was really important. And it wasn't to be of himself. It wasn't that he was just this great character who was an extrovert, who had, could hold an audience, could hold the floor, could tell some great jokes, get everybody's attention, keep them engaged. It wasn't it like that. It's perhaps a bit more like me, who's not very good at jokes and doesn't do that kind of stuff. If you want a preacher that does good jokes, you're not going to get, you're not going to get with me, I'm afraid. I'm not, a, I'm, not a, I'm not a comedian. I want to preach the truth. And I want to see people set free. And I want to lead in a way that actually others can follow into the things God's doing. But I believe God's calling us in this day to be a bold people. To be bold, not based on us, not based on our ability, not based on how um, good we are, our interpersonal skills might be brilliant. It's not based on that. It's based on him. And the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit upon us as a church to press forward and to take hold for that which God's taking us for. And I just felt that prophetically today, God wants to catch us up with what he's doing. Because for the few of us that went to Catalyst, God spoke to us, but it's not about that. That's a, that's a moment. And it's great to do it. But actually, this is, we're living out life together. We're living out this Christian faith together. We're, we're living out the purposes of God together here. And this is where it's got a, the rubber hits the road. This is where we get interactive both with one another, helping one another, strengthening one another, building one another up, and getting out there together and doing the stuff. It starts here with us. Responding to this call. If we can be, have any boldness, let it be in this hope that he is all-sufficient. And he is building his church and he's choosing to use us in the process. And what a privilege that is. What an amazing privilege that is. See, the prophetic serves to strengthen us and build us up. And my own story from Catalyst, and I'll finish with this, was I went, I was meeting one of the guys from leading another church. I arranged a meeting with him. I got there a bit early. And there was a, there's kind of various zones you can go to that they have there. And there's a prophetic zone. And I just went and stood in the back. And one of my friends who leads church in Solihull, he was doing the talk. So I just stood at the back, had a listen to what he was saying. At the end, he kind of finished. And he said, oh, we've got a prophetic team there with him. Called them up. And then he kind of looked at me, stood at the back and called me up. And said, you, you know, come and join the team, Phil. And I kind of didn't want to do that really. I don't know, I've got to get away because I was meeting somebody. And then one of the other guys just looked at me, kind of called me down. And I thought, I think I'm being ambushed. <laughs> and I was ambushed. And I went down the front and he said, I feel God's got this for you. And I had five people, I was flat on my back, I had five people prophesying over me. And the, the accuracy, things they said of the past, and then as they began to speak of the future, you think, well, you can start to believe what God's saying of the future when you know the accuracy of people who know nothing about you and don't know you can speak of the past. It's incredible. And I know God's taken us on. And I believe even as we, and I believe we're going to get this building, I have no doubt in my mind, oh, this is God. We're getting this building and we're getting it for a purpose. And when we get it, God's going to fill it with his presence. When we get it, God's going to show up. And people are going to walk in there and they're going to be hit by the presence of God. 
And out of that place, right across this area, right across the peaks, is going to be the power of God go out as we go out. And I just want to declare that now. I'm kind of, I'm going to, it's a stake in the ground, if you like. And I'm going to hammer that in this morning that we are called to be bold because God's doing something. And I'm just, I'm just asking, are we ready to be part of it? And are we going to give ourselves to this? And we're going to allow the boldness of God to come on us. Because actually it comes from him. Boldness does not, we can't work that up. We can't manufacture being bold. We can be timid, we can be shy, we can be terrified. We, can, we, can, we get all that naturally. We don't have to even work that one up. It just seems to come naturally, doesn't it? You get in a situation and fear suddenly comes in. Or we feel, we feel intimidated. Or we suddenly become very shy or even... Somehow, our mouths won't even open. We become mute somehow in situations. And God's saying, no, I want to put a boldness on my people in this day for what I'm doing today. And I feel like God wants to strike a stake in the ground. He's taking this church on. And things are going to change. We've already begun to experience some things God's doing and changing. And God's leading us to change as elders leaders of this church, but actually I feel like God's, God's going to do some change. He's going to do some significant change that's going to take us into a whole new realm that we've not known before. Now I'm going to ask us to stand. I've taken 15 minutes over, just over. I, said, I did say I wanted 20. just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. I want him to do his work. He's building his church. He's made that very clear this morning. He's building his church. You're the bricks and stones he's chosen to build with. He's chosen you. You're here because he's chosen you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. This couple, you looking to move here. I believe God's calling you and saying, actually, it's... I'm calling you to be part of here. I want you to be built here. I want to build you here. I want to build you into this. I'm doing something fresh for you. I want to build you into this. Your, your stones that I'm moving, and I'm going to move some stones around, and you, I'm going to build so I can build them in. I just feel encouragement for you. God wants to build you into something fresh and new. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come right now. We just need you, Holy Spirit. We just need you. Lord, I know that there's times I'm not very bold. And I think we can all say that. Speak on everybody's behalf. There's times we are just not bold. Now, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you, our sufficiency is you. You're all that we need. All that we need. It's all found in you. It's all you, God. Now, I ask you, Holy Spirit, come upon us. I'm just going to ask you, if you are... So I'm putting a stake in the ground today. I feel God's calling us out. And I just want to ask you, if, you want, if you're just signing up to this, what God's doing, you're saying, yeah, I want, to, I want you to be part of this, building your church here, what you're doing. I just now want to invite you to just raise your hands. Let the Holy Spirit come to you. God's at work amongst us. God's at work amongst us. God's doing a new thing. It's a new day. 
I'm going to keep preaching it this year. I'm going to keep stating it. This is part of the stake in the ground. It's a new day for this church. Now come Holy Spirit on us. We're here for you, God. We say build with us. Lord, with bricks and stones here that we want you to build with. What you're building here in Matlock. Lord, we want to change the culture of this church. We want to change the culture around us. Lord, and we know you're about a great work with us, Lord. And we declare that, Lord, you're about a great work here in Church in the Pink. Matlock, Lord, and we say build with us what you're building. Build for yourself a temple here for your presence, your dwelling place, Lord, that will, Lord, stretch right across, that, God, there'll be no boundary, no border to this building that you put up, God, that, Father God, there will be, Lord, far-reaching places touched by the good news of the gospel. We'll be touched, Lord, by, Lord, the ministry from this church that goes out, Lord, that places we've not even thought about, never even dreamt of. Lord, I want to pray, stretch out our borders. Lord God, that there wouldn't, it seems like there is none. For us, Lord. God, I pray. Father, I ask. Lord, that every one of us will, Lord, take a step forward in our walk with you. Will, Lord, take a step forward in our experience of you. Lord, will take a stride forward in impacting the community around us. Father, I pray. Now come on us by the Holy Spirit. Lord, take hold of us as a church. Take hold of us, Lord. Just take hold of us. You just pray your, your prayer. We're going to finish with a song just to help us. If you just pray your prayer to God, you respond to God. He's, he's speaking to you this morning. I know He's speaking to many hearts this morning. I want to encourage you just respond to God. It's, it's an individual response as well as a corporate response this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Lead us into all that you've got. Lead me, God. Lead me, Lord. Lead me, God, I pray. Father, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Spirit of God. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, I, when I saw the Lego on the floor, I noticed that this, this little flame symbol was in amongst it and I think um, if you're anything like me then uh, when, even when God gives me something to do I'm like oh great God off I go and, and I don't really ask him anymore I just kind of jump in and do the thing that I think needs doing but I think um, you know there was a pillar of fire and a pillar of cloud in, um, in, the, in the wilderness so you could see where God was and I think, it, by, you know, we get a sense of where God is. So I just want to encourage you, um, I don't know if maybe for some of you rather than others, or for all of, but I think it's a general truth for all of us. Even in the things God's given us to do, look for where he is. Look for what he is he's doing. It may be a small thing, but look for him. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. He didn't say, oh, I'm, I'm God's son, I'm here, you know, I'm full, I'm full of his spirit. I'll just go and do whatever, whatever I want. He was like, no, I only do what I see the Father doing. He walked past some people who were sick and didn't heal them. But for others, he called them out or he heard them shout and he said, oh, I, want, I need to see him. Bring him here. So I just want to encourage all of us to live like that. I'm, I'm going to try and do it at work, actually. I'm always faced with more issues at work than I know what to handle. But I want to start working on the ones that I feel God say. I'm going to start asking, Lord, which one shall I do first? Yeah. Brilliant. That's a great response. Just take that encouragement.
Um, there was a word at Catalyst. It was a prophecy that was brought about having new wine and about new wine skins. And it's important we're into a new thing. And sometimes we need to put down what we remember of the past. I know I can remember a lot of stuff that went on when I was first saved. To put it down, because an old wineskin becomes dry and cracked, and it doesn't expand when you put new wine in. In fact, it can sometimes just break, and it won't contain um, the good new stuff. So for us as a church, and maybe and as individuals, it may be a place to put down our old way, our old way of thinking, our old wineskin, and pick up the new wineskin that God has got for us as a as corporate and as individuals so that he can pour new wine in because a new wine skin is supple and will expand and God has a rich new wine to give us a wine that is not just for us but will reach out to others even as we walk around there is something of the presence and the power and authority of almighty God that goes with us by his spirit and touches those out on the streets and in our workplace those who are downtrodden those who are rejected those who are poor in spirit and gives them the joy of the Lord and that is what God wants us to have not only that joy for ourselves but the joy that is tangible touchable out on the street in our workplace in our family in our communities and to each other and I just can I just pray that is that all right father I pray in the name of Jesus that those who are calling to you and have put down the old and are picking up the new, that they will perceive the new thing that you are doing in them and in this church. And Lord, that it will be contagious. Lord, that it will spread out and we will bring great joy to the communities around us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, we need to finish there. I just want to encourage you, just go away. Actually, someone just, even what Leslie said there, if you go right away and read that, Chapter 2 Corinthians, chapter 3, read it in the message. It talks about some of the things that uh, Leslie's just spoke about in there, about the joy. And it was a joy for Paul. And it's a, to be a joy for us. And I just want to encourage us. So Lord, bless us, lead us forward, have your way with us, God we pray. Amen.